Welcome to another episode of the Vineyard Justice Network podcast. Vineyard Justice Network exists to empower vineyard pastors and leaders to pursue and enact the justice of God's kingdom. VJN equips you by connecting the work of heart, head, and hands with key issues of structural injustice and leadership. My name is Kathy Maskell, and I'm a pastor at Blue Root Vineyard Community Church. In today's episode, I sat down with Don Larson, founder and CEO of the Sunshine Nut Company. Today, we'll tackle the question, what business can business have with justice? And is a quadruple bottom line possible? Don is going to share with us about his business model called the Sunshine Approach, and it's got this quadruple bottom line, financial, environmental, social, and transformational. Let's hear more from Don. So, Don, share with us this this vision of a quadruple bottom line with regards to um, why your company exists. Yeah, you know, it it actually started with my work at Hershey Foods. Uh, Last year, I was director of um, Cocoa Operations. It got me into Africa. It got me into the poorest communities of the world. And I I quit Hershey and developed a, a business model that I thought could help eradicate poverty. And I call it the Sunshine Approach. It is a quadruple bottom line business, normal corporate social responsibility. Most times, companies just uh, go with a financial bottom line. Milton Friedman, you know, the shareholder mm-hmm. uh, appreciation is the most important thing and the only thing. Now companies are getting into a triple bottom line, which is financial, environmental, and social. And social is giving things. It's like charity. It's taking a portion of your profits and mm-hmm. giving them into something. I felt that that wasn't big enough, that wasn't uh, worthy enough um, to change things. So I incorporate a, a last objective, a transformational objective that really drives the company, drives the business model. And transformation is we are intending in everything we do to transform the community, the world, the employees, the villages orphan and abandoned children into a better life and a a long-lasting and um, uh, type of condition. Hmm. So if you want me to go into detail about that. Yeah, well, I'd love to hear how how you think about um, yeah, just your your relationship, you know, as the as the CEO, as the as the boss, you know, yeah. of, of the company, and just even relationship to your employees, right? And uh, perhaps the 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 providers of of the product. Yeah. Okay. So the employees are most of my employees are either, were either abandoned or orphaned in their youth. So what we were looking to do. Um, is provide opportunity and hope for them mm. and transform them. So the objective of our company, it's a Sunshine Nut company. Uh, we do cashews in Mozambique. Mm-hmm. I moved there five years ago. We opened up a factory. We hired mostly young men and women who are abandoned and orphaned. So our intention is to promote from within. Mm. Right now, in just a, a few short years, 
we are we have an all Mozambican staff, mm. um, one South African actually, but an all African staff. But uh, the intention was to promote from within. I have done that. Our production manager is a young man who was abandoned uh, by his mother, lived out on the streets, and, and we have uh, we have poured into him. He's doing an amazing job. And then I have uh, six other leads that are showing great promise. Actually, all the employees are showing great promise. But the intent with the employees is, you know, we are a world-class food facility. It's something that we've got the highest level food safety certifications. I was told that mm. this couldn't be done. You're wasting your time. Um, you're going to have all kinds of issues. I've had anything but. You know, people said you won't be able to compete. Well, I don't want to just compete. I want to actually win in the world marketplace. And, and the results so far have been very promising in that direction. What, what were some of the, the major critiques? Like, why, why would world-class facility and actually being able to make a profit feel so unattainable? Well, it's, <coughs> it's actually, the, the issues were when I went to Washington before I even started this, talked to people in the space. You know, they're like, who are you? You're just a businessman. Yeah. You don't know, you don't understand the culture. You don't understand the politics. Right. And I just went in with a loving, godly intention. I refuse to t pay bribes and, mm. and, and corruption. There's a lot of exploitation happening within the industry. There's so many different things that I'm bringing a godly approach of righteousness, of honesty, integrity. It's taken some time, but the fruit of the Spirit is patience and self-control. And I've managed to produce more of that in my life as we've gone along. But it's starting to pay off. Um, and, and just those types of things um, is where we're, we're focusing. And we've got a great relationship with the government. Mm. But people said, you know, mm. the employees are not going to show up. They're going to they're gonna steal from you. You know, there's going to be a, a honeymoon period. And then the mm. true nature is going to come through. And I have not experienced that at all. Uh, we have been very, very... Uh, encouraged by the level of enthusiasm, the motivation, and the, the intelligence and the ability to grasp concepts by the employees. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, some of the other, uh, you know, there's, there's a phrase that kind of goes around in the uh, Christian or ministry world, this notion of business as mission. I don't yeah. know if you're kind of rubbing shoulders with the same yeah. um, circles and you know some some of the organizations that even BJN has featured in the past have actually focused on um, ministries or organizations particularly in Southeast Asia that have sought to bring a business as mission model but particularly um, employing and providing I think to use your language, a transformative approach to survivors of human trafficking. Mm. Um, but many organizations have found a challenge in uh, identifying a market for the kinds of products that generally have been um, the, the trade, such as greeting cards or jewelry and such. So um, I feel like when you're using that word transformational and with perhaps the, the different kind of business lens that you're bringing to it um, in terms of sustainable, transformative uh, 
a, a long view in, in the lives of even the employees, but now mm -hmm. you're also talking about transformation of their communities as well. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Actually, I'm talking about transformation of everything, and, and God's got me going everywhere. You know, I, I speak at the World Economic Forum, the European Economic Summit, the Nobel Peace Prize Forum, done a couple TEDx talks, been at the Oxford at the first responsible responsible business forum. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's those types of things. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of talks at churches. I do a lot of talks at men's groups. There's just so many different places I'm at. And it's funny how people want to put me in a box mm -hmm. as business's mission. Or, mm -hmm. You know, and, and what I'm just doing is permeating God's love, God's intention, God's heart in my everyday life. I'm a businessman. So I developed a model through deep prayer that that I think reflects God's heart. It's it's giving a reverse tithe of our profits, where we give 90% of our profits back to the poor and orphan. We've got all types of programs uh, in the villages, at the orphanages. We're, we're, we're combining mm -hmm. widows and orphans together into family units and buying them houses and putting it in the children's name. You know, we're doing all kinds of medical care, dental care, teaching uh, ed education, improving the teachers, all designed around transformation. You know, so as far as uh, business's mission, I like to say that we are not a Christian organization. We are an organization of Christians. Mm. We are dealing mm. interfaith. I just last week got a international peace award for interfaith uh, business from the United Nations, and they never look at religion. I was yeah. speaking with the highest levels of the United Nations, and they're like, you need to come and talk to a bunch of groups here because we haven't factored in religion and the good that it can do. And so it's it's pretty exciting stuff to see. Mm. You know, I, I'm... I'm talking to everyone and and the comments that I get most often are wow finally someone who's walking the talk and I like to say that I'm demonstrating the gospel of Jesus Christ of taking care of the poor and orphan yeah yeah well that's exciting uh, so it so your Sunshine Nut Company uh, started in 2011 and um, over I mean that's only five Five yeah, years. It actually just started up three years ago. We started up, we went into the South African market into pick and pay, 800 stores. And then we hit the, the U.S. shores with our first container product less than two years ago. We are now in 2,500 stores, the best. Uh, I didn't start out at a farmer's market. I started out at Ahold, which is Giant, Stop and Shop, and Martin's, 800 stores on the East Coast. And then a couple months later was Whole Foods. Whole Foods actually came to Mozambique, Center Senior VP, mm. to interview me, and they loved what I was doing. Uh, we're in Wegmans, we're in going into HEB, and a whole host of other store chains. Uh, right after this interview, I'm going to QVC. Mm -hmm. I met with the buyers last week, and they said, in 13 years, this one buyer said, I have never had such an easy decision as to what to as to putting you on the air. So yeah. so this is God at work. It's not me. I just try and hear his, his subtle voice and follow his clues. And, and I'm on the adventure of a lifetime. Uh, and yeah. that's a, an adventure of, of going and, and seeing God's brilliance at work. Yeah. I, I think a lot of uh, um, a verse in Nehemiah where, uh, you know, Nehemiah is exhorting his people to both pray and post a guard which is just one of my own kind of heart 
heart verses of, you know, strategy and prayer actually do go hand in hand. And so when, uh, when I think about this relatively short timeline of, of your, of your business, what, what came first when, when, when you mentioned these different, um, community development, um, projects in, in Mozambique, um, did you kind of do that assessment and see the needs first and kind of develop the social development yeah. arm and this is and the, the sunshine wonderful came. thing yeah. about this. I actually got this out in the woods. It actually came to me at a time where I didn't want to do this. And in prayer, I got built food factories in third world nations to bring lasting economic transformation. Mm. And even to name it sunshine. Yeah. It was the furthest thing from my mind and I yeah. actually didn't want to do that. I developed a whole program in prayer, in solitude, and it involved being the hub where the spokes of the wheel um, invite all types of groups, NGOs, governments, universities, mm -hmm. uh, companies, retailers themselves, in to be the transformative arm of, of helping the poor and orphan. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so I went to first to Tanzania to do some free consulting. It, it landed me eventually through God's direction to Mozambique and cashews. And what is really exciting is to see it all materialize exactly the way God had given me through prayer. So it actually was put down on paper. I actually went around talking about it. Everyone said, that's not going to happen. Okay. And now... What I love is God's faithfulness to actually bring it about to fruition. Mm. Mm. So one, I think we have time for one last question sure. with regards to the relationship um, of your company to the um, the cashew growers, the farmers, and um, again, uh, v, VJN in, in the past has just highlighted just the you know, the unfortunate high correlation with slavery and the yeah. production chain of um, cocoa production. Right. And um, I don't know if, if that is also... Yeah, is, you is know, this is something... The cashew um, farmers as well. Uh, not really, because it's not as intensive yeah. of, a, of a farming. Um, but, but more maybe just exploitation of the, yeah. of the worker. So we have 50, 50 employees at our factory. That means that a thousand employees are, are employed to shell those cashews up north. We are not doing that yet, but we're getting into it. But it also means 50,000 farming families grow uh, their product and receive a fair price from us. And we are sure that at the factories that we deal with, they're paying, paying fair pricing to to the farmers. Yeah. And they even post that price at their factory gates. Okay. You know, so it's we look for those types of... In, um, institutions to deal with. Now, we are fostering that whole program of getting into the villages. And we are taking employees volunteering and we're going up and we've started a tree planting program because we want these farmers to start planting trees um, because they're desperately poor. They've been exploited and, and we know of not only myself doing canvassing of, of village chiefs who go around and and ask the, the larger farmers that have more trees what they're getting for their cashews. And in some cases, you know, I have a letter from one of the chiefs, very official, going around to a lot of farmers, and they were getting five mets per kilogram at a time when the market was 15 to 19 mets. 
So they were getting, mm. these are larger farmers, a fourth of what they should be getting, a third to a fourth. And, you know, we hear these stories from the Peace Corps as well of traders coming in and intimidating the farmers with large amount of cash and going up the streets. And with, without competition, the farmers are, are basically, you either sell or you don't yeah. sell. And so they take much less than they could. What we're doing, though, is trying to educate the farmers. We're looking at communication techniques through cell phones now that we can give them what the current market prices are. And, and that's a lot of work that I'm pushing the NGOs to do. And even my interactions with the government, the Department of Agriculture, they have a cashew group that just loves our product. We actually, the, the Embassy of Mozambique um, takes my product everywhere um, in the U.S. And they said, Congress, United Nations, all try your product. And it actually, last week I was traveling with the president of Mozambique because um, he wanted me to speak on behalf of being an American businessman, a Mozambican business owner, and a resident of Mozambique for five years, yeah. and the, the success of, of coming into the country and dealing and, and actually being able to operate. Yeah. So I went to Washington, D.C. first to a business forum and down to Houston. And it was very good. And those types of things will allow me to work with the government to do the right things, to allow those cashew farming communities to get their fair share and to also grow. And hopefully we'll, we'll bring more value addition. Instead of those cashews going to India or Vietnam to be processed, mm. we want a lot more factories providing jobs and providing the ability for the farmers to sell direct to the factories where we can monitor the pricing. Mm. So Don, what, 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 any one last thought as uh, as you as you um, think about our our listeners? These are pastors, leaders, um, particularly within the vineyard, who are are wrestling with with how to how to do real economic empowerment as they um, look not only to serve the poor but to um, have the poor. Um, be transformed. Yeah, well, I think um, our our philanthropic arm, we have a charity that the company, Sunshine Nut Company, then donates 90% of its profits to the Sunshine Approach Foundation in the U.S., and that allows us to bring the money back and do all the work. And the, the Sunshine Approach Foundation, you know, uh, what I like to say is it is a value-based business model where values such as dignity, love and community come together with excellence mm -hmm. and i think it's the love um, it's the community you know fostering the culture and the love of the community and the family networks um, but that love must permeate everything that we do mm -hmm. the dignity is such an important part you know when you go into these communities these are smart people and i think they're yeah. smarter than than many of us because they survive with nothing yeah. we'd all die if we were put in the same <laughs> conditions yeah but giving them that opportunity providing dignity and let them flourish the way god intended them to do and, and so we're just trying to open up god's will for their lives and provide the environment where they can be uh, satisfied and and embrace the gospel you mm -hmm. know when it comes and they see and they see god's love and they see you know, just a change in their lives, they're much more open to, to becoming not just a, a Christian and not just a, um, just part of the network, but a, a true disciple yeah. where they move forward with power. Thanks so much, Don. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks, Kathy.
For resources related to this episode, as well as to listen to previous podcast episodes, go to www.vineyardjusticenetwork.org. Follow us on Facebook at Vineyard Justice Network and on Twitter and Instagram at Vineyard Justice.